All right, this is Dark Days Radio, episode number 113. I'm one of your hosts, Mike, and tonight I'm joined by Chris. How's it going, Chris? Uh, hey, I'm good. Yeah, uh, lots of good stuff that we're going to talk about in this show. Um, and we're also joined by Chick. How are you doing, Chick? Doing great. How about you? Good, other than hay fever. Goddamn pollen. Mike, what have you been up to? How are things going? Oh, pretty great. Pretty great. Yeah, everything's been good. I'm really psyched for this episode today on Demon Hunter X, a very famous and interesting source book for the world of darkness. And uh, as for my own game updates, you know, I haven't actually done much gaming since uh, I last did a gaming update. But next week, next weekend, so it will be occurring as this episode goes out, I'll be at a uh, LARP slash like interactive theater experience called the Night Cafe which is supposed to be this like really dreamlike experience where you dress up as Soviet hipsters. So Right, okay. I don't know what I'm going to get into here, but uh should be interesting, right? Should be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Sounds like mm-hmm. it could be fun. So I'll definitely give you an update on that. I got my uh, costume together. I found a uh, woman's lime green blazer at the used clothing store yesterday. So I think that, maybe a pink shirt. I'll look pretty snazzy. Excellent. <laughs> right. All I can say is I've been going together... Parabellum's Conquest Bots game, so I've done all the Fire Elves, and I'm moving on to the rest of the uh, the I don't know the Club Hundred Kingdoms or something like that. So it's like Swordsmen and Crossbowmen. They're pretty good miniatures. They're very big, very big and chunky. So hopefully I'll start having a game of that at some point soon. Yeah, no role play. We were meant to do it yesterday, but obviously everyone was too busy or ill or suffering from hay fever, so we had to write off gaming. Um, <laughs> Jake, you been doing much gaming? or Actually, we recently wrapped up a uh, two-session one-shot, because we're old and we have to break up our one-shots into two-shots, of the the Aliens RPG. Oh! Uh, One of of the guys in my group uh, backed it on Kickstarter, so he got the the quick play rules and the introductory scenario and all that fun jazz. Uh, It is a good setting an interesting game it has uh, some good tension building uh mechanics in it and oh. uh my character survived <laughs> so we're gonna have to dive into this when we get james on the show because that game is by free league and of course they make uh tales from the loop and things from the flood mm-hmm. uh so uh and of course the aliens rpg uses the same system as those two so uh, yeah, we can definitely devote an entire episode to that. Um, and of course, if people want to find out more about the Aliens RPG, they should go over to our friends at The Effect Podcast. Uh, those guys uh, do a lot uh, about the um, Free Leaks games like Coriolis and Symborium. Uh, and also, they they were running demos of the um, Alien RPG at UK Games Expo. So it's mostly the same demo that you've played through. Almost assuredly, yeah. Cool. Nice. Yeah, and uh, after that game update, let's uh, dive into some news before we get over onto our main segment on Demon Hunter X. Alright, so yeah, a lot of really cool stuff has been coming out, and something we really wanted to highlight was a new Werewolf the Forsaken sourcebook that just came out called Night Horrors Shunned by the Moon. Uh, there's been a lot of like really rave reviews about this one. Uh, I'll admit that I was a little afraid because the uh, ad copy mentions Beast of the Primordial, but uh, it seems like uh, there's just a lot of like really cool tie-ins with a lot of different games, awesome updates to the Pure and the Bailhounds for that setting. So a lot of like good antagonist material. 
as well as uh, some little hooks and tie-ins to the Contagion Chronicle. So pretty neat stuff. On the Darker Days WordPress on our blog, we're going to have a really cool uh, additional piece of content, which will land uh, at the same time as this episode, which is a bunch of additional rules and cool mechanics for Demon Hunter X for the Shi. It's going to be several of the Chao paths for Demon Hunter X and just like some extra rules if you want to like expand that game. This was submitted to us by our Discord uh, friend and user. Uh, under a bridge and really appreciate it and we'll put a link to it in the show notes and chris anything else on the blog coming up yeah so we've um we also had uh recently uh, my friend uh david whitworth who uh ran the v5 demos with me at uh, fanboy 3 uh, last halloween so he's put his first blog post up about uh his wargaming and miniatures painting because he collects things like kingdom death he used to work he used to he used to work for Games Workshop at the same time I did um, in in one of the local stores. So uh, we've known each other for a while. So we'll be at some point having a game of Fallen Frontiers, and you know he'll be reviewing other miniature stuff, and you know mostly putting up some painting guides and so forth. So he'll be padding out our uh, our blog content, and he will be going along with me to run some V5 demos. Uh, with respect to our other announcement, because uh, Chick, you're going to be at Gen Con. I'm going to be at Gen Con. That's right. So you're going to be there. Uh, our friends from uh, Brendan from Full Metal RPG will also be at Gen Con. So um, yes, the two of you will be scouting out cool games to take part in and and demos and other things. I will be at the Gen Con pop up event with David Whitworth running demos of v5 and wrath and glory at uh, so that's at fanboy 3 in manchester uk so um there'll be a link uh in the show notes to that and already on the facebook page on how to get signed up for that nice yeah and then finally uh the last thing to bring up is that dark days is kind of continuing its all call so we've been growing like crazy in 2019 with a lot of great new like writing projects product reviews requests for interviews and all of that so we're really looking for some new uh, and diverse voices to add to the show. If you're excited and passionate about horror, cyberpunk, post-apocalyptic gaming, anything like that, just drop us a line on social media or Discord, and uh, you know, we'll figure out how we can work together. And with that, let's dive into this overview of the setting of Demon Hunter X. So what is Demon Hunter X? Well, it was one of the uh, many books that came out during the Year of the Lotus, which was the 1998 overarching theme for World of Darkness books that were coming out from White Wolf. And, you know, it came out alongside Hong Kong and Tokyo as the World of Darkness specific source book. So it could be used, hopefully, in all the different games. It was written by James A. Moore, who some of you may recognize from a host of early World of Darkness source books, including... The Valkenberg Foundation, which introduced uh, Sam Haight to us. Chaos Factor, which removed Sam Haight from the setting. Freak Legion, a, uh, a favorite of Chris's. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I'm a, I'm a, I remain a tremendous fan of Freak Legion. I mean, I'm also secretly a fan of Freak Legion, but, you know. <laughs> we, all be if you must. we all understand there's a time and a place for Freak Legion, and it's, it's not often a time for Freak Legion. And then he also worked on Berlin by Night, which is pretty notorious for a lot of reasons. So, yeah, you know, not the greatest bibliography to be associated with, but uh, I was actually doing a little research. Actually, 
I was in the used bookstore like two months back and I saw a novel by a, a James Moore and I was like, that name sounds real familiar. And it turns out after he stopped writing World of Darkness books, he became a real goddamn horror and fantasy novelist. Even like got nominated for a Bram Stoker Award. He's doing some good stuff apparently. So, you know, I guess there's hope for all of us. Good for him. But anyway, Demon Hunter X is basically the mortal kind of hunter's book for East Asia and the uh, the Middle Kingdom. Um, and actually, a little note I'm going to put in here is that it's it's interesting how it kind of straddles a line between those previous Year of the Hunter books, like Project Twilight and The Inquisition, Quick and the Dead, and then the more you know kind of fantastical and overt elements of Hunt of the Reckoning, which came out just a year later. So, yeah, let's dive into uh, Demon Hunter X a little bit. Who do you play? Well, one of what you play is called the She. So these are, uh, to put it lightly, as we have listed in our notes, lone badass warrior mystics. So uh, yes, uh, they have their origins in ancient China. And uh, back in those ancient times within uh the, the, those numerous warring kingdoms, uh, there were, were numerous interactions between mortal society and the Shen. So, you know, monsters, vampires, werewolves, all of the creatures that existed. Uh, and, of course, in those ancient times, the line between what was considered normal and the mystical was much more uh, blurred. And there was this one particular warrior monk that arose, uh, who used to be, who was the prince of some emperor, who essentially took it upon himself to fight back. Uh, and through his journeys, essentially learns how to manipulate uh, the inner chi, this energy, this life force, uh, to use it, to weaponize it against the Shen and you know develop numerous martial arts and, and fighting styles uh in essence essentially you're playing kind of like it's it feels very much like the anime ninja scroll where where you know even the basic lone character is able to do like you know wind blade attacks uh the anime demon city shinjuku where there's a uh kempo master who is able to again also with a slice of his sword send uh, a beam of energy out against demons and then there is also the anime series x which came a lot later than this book um which again has numerous uh priests and occult warriors um i think that's a quick overview of what it is uh did i miss anything there no that's pretty good i think when you kind of dive more into the uh how how the she are represented in the modern knights you know yeah all of the old monasteries have been destroyed and it's really this relationship between master and the students and usually the student is this orphan uh from a shen or monster attack uh shen is the name that is used as uh standard for demons or monsters basically like the supernatural kind of creatures that you play in other world of darkness games uh there are a few she families that exist and you know the family works together and passes along the um uh, different teachings uh, to access that chi energy. And the chi utilize chi energy, which is kind of like an internal uh, a force, if you will, that binds together all living things. Hmm. Do you say that it uh, flows between us and connects us all? Yeah, I think, I think that'd be pretty accurate, Chig. 
it's interesting. So everyone has this. All mortals have it, and a lot of the monsters have it or try to steal it from mortal beings. But the she are able to access it and use it more readily than any normal mortal can. Sometimes in very extreme situations, the book points out, um, in you know times of great danger or in great physical stress or pain, uh, bodies can miraculously access their chi. But the she are able to access it by, via basically their own strength of virtue and the teachings they have. So they actually use the uh, the virtue statistics, which you find in Vampire the Masquerade, as a way to basically track how much chi your character can unlock. Which I'm going to actually do a side note. I know we're going to cover rules later in a character generation episode but it's interesting that uh the she have virtue stats but the kuei jin do not uh just mm. completely missing from their character sheet well the she are mortals and the kuei jin are by definition no longer mortal but the kindred so, have these virtues and they're even eviler vampires so are they are they evil er uh, I mean, it's, it's really a, a point I guess of view awesome. thing here yeah so it's pretty interesting, and there's a little sidebar which I, I found kind of neat, which says that access of chi is the chi's form of true faith, which I thought was a kind of interesting justification for how they're able to use it. This chi allows the chi to use their chow or bridges, which are these kind of cool powers that uh, are mostly focused on just beating up monsters. You know, they've they've got uh, ag damage that they can deal uh, with a first dot power. They can boost their stats. They can uh, walk on water, walk on leaves, that sort of thing, dash mm. through trees, and they can get a whole boatload of extra attacks. If you thought celerity was pretty incredible well just get ready for the she so what's interesting about this is that we've got kind of a a merger between like as a character form they have something that's equivalent to true faith but also they have powers which are very much more i would say a bit more hedge magic like because also they're not quite awakened so but they also again channel some mystical energy they're, they're a real kind of uh mishmash between some of the different you know power types and splats of the game yeah a little bit a little bit they're kind of a synthesis but they're also sort of their own weird thing as we're going to get into later demon hunter x has a very strange place in the world of darkness we'll, we'll discuss that a bit more later yeah um but yeah these she characters also typically have uh, a lot of angst and pent-up emotional trauma because they've basically been removed from regular human society, regular uh, mortal society, and have just been training to become this, you know, lone badass warrior mystic for the past 20 years under the tutelage of a similarly messed up uh, individual. So that can give you some interesting role-playing uh, stuff right there. But something I, I don't have here in the show notes, but I think I'd like to kind of like... Uh, you know, kind of put to the group here is, do you think that the she can work well as a uh, a group? Can you have like a five player party of she or a coterie or something like that? Or uh, is, is that uh, is that not feasible? What do you think? Well, like you said, uh, some of them do come from she families. So I don't know if you could have a, a five man or five player she party with, you know, your standard six-person table or whatever but maybe you could have a couple of them playing the she and a couple people being 
the equivalent to uh, kinfolk, you know, backup support people who hmm. help them out, maybe. I honestly yeah. don't think that you could have a five-person she game. I was actually talking to um, Under a Bridge a little bit, and they were saying that they actually did run a a full Demon Hunter X game, which was, wasn't really set in the World of Darkness. They kind of made it their own thing. And just because, like, the variety in powers, there's actually there's something like 10 or 11 bridges or uh, uh, chow in here, which really gives you a lot of options of variety in characters. And just because of that, you can you can do a lot. But with the the kind of backstory justification that we have for the she how m the vast majority of them are are just kind of these loners i think that that does make it a little tough just from you know thinking about your your nature and demeanor and that sort of thing but i've always had some ideas for that you know um i used to really like when i was a real young kid there was this anime called ronin warriors and for whatever reason this portion of demon hunter x always kind of you know inspired me and made me want to run something uh in that vein the other important thing to note with the she is that the she see have a very particular see that they have a particular role within the supernatural society they're not out to kill every single monster they're out to mm. ensure balance uh between man and monster and you know between yin and yang and all those parts of uh and the elements maybe so you know in that sense then a she character possibly is a is a best is an okay fit within a cross or at least not maybe well within a mixed party so like you know you could i think you could quite happily have a she character with some kaijin vampires because they would they you know they would you would hope or at least you'd be playing characters that vampires that would respect the role that this mortal has within their society because you know this mortal by divine virtue, by you know, by their train, is actually the best person to send out to kill those of your kind when you maybe by your own laws are not allowed to do so. Also, one of the the she is possibly very cool to have, so the Kaijin can go. Oh, you see those see those things called kindred? Kill them because they're monsters. Um, stuff like that. So I think it fits within. You can fit a character, one of these very human characters, within. A party of monsters quite happily the mage source book dragons of the east points out that uh none of the of of the east none of the lotus year of the lotus uh groups really have anything like uh, an official tradition of secrecy you know like in the in the uh the western vampires they have the masquerade and uh the 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 werewolves have the litany that says you know don't don't show yourself to to mortals. None of the groups in uh, in the the Mystic East have that uh, because if you're not smart enough to stay out of the way of mortals and hunters, they'll just kill you. They will hunt you down and they will murder you. So in that way, yeah, the she could act absolutely be a part of a group. Mm -hmm. They can be the mortals who will come and hunt down the uh, the errant obvious out there crazy beast that needs to be put down so yeah i could see that yeah fair enough so as you're reading through demon hunter x about halfway through it just changes gears hmm. totally yeah. it does a complete 180 and brings into being strike force zero and whew, these guys are uh they're interesting they're very interesting they're a a pseudo-military 
corporate monster hunter group sanctioned by the Japanese government. They've got crazy cyberware and crazy bioware. Really extreme stuff. And they've got psionics as well. So Oh, that's right. They do. They've got all the uh, different numina having to do with technology. Yeah, so the Strike Force Zero was uh, a, an organization, a group founded by a ninja. I guess I guess he was really a retired ninja, right? I believe he was kidnapped from the ninja stro- clan stronghold at the age of 12. So, or maybe he just left at the age of 12. I honestly don't recall that uh, that little bit of backstory, but he left at the age of 12. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Left to fend for himself. Yeah, he walked out into the forest and said, yeah, I've learned everything I can from the ninja clan. We're good. Later. <laughs> yep. And so. he started like working for the emperor of Japan, and now he's got a giant multinational corporation and uh, also has monster hunters. As you do, obviously. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's very, very interesting stuff. And as a as a character in Strike Force Zero, you're one of these agents, basically. All the members are declared legally dead, and they have to assume a new identity. They're not allowed to have uh, many friends, certainly no family anymore. And they're really isolated a lot from mortal society. So it kind of still plays into that similar theme that the she have. Uh, but luckily for Strike Force Zero, they formulate these five-man teams. And the book actually gives you a lot of like player options and rules to help you differentiate the different Strike Force Zero agents, which is pretty sweet. Something that uh, differentiates them from the she who are all kind of samey. Yes. Yeah, everyone's got a specific role. And I think that was a really good design decision, uh, which we discuss more in the character creation episode coming up next week. And they've they've got a lot of different player options. They've got their different psi abilities. It's really just Numina, uh, which takes the form of different ways to interact with technology, uh, but also like the spirit world and ghosts. And kind of like has its own little spin on some previous Numina that were seen in other World of Darkness source books. We've got basically a you know because we covered like which anime the she kind of re- you know, kind of resemble um strike force zero essentially to me is ghost in the shell with the major and the team that makes up section nine where each person again fulfills a quite a specific role uh, the other more recent thing is definitely death notes where you've got a group of investigators obviously looking for this supernatural killer, uh, even though Light Yagmi is actually, spoiler alert, one of the team that are doing it, and he is the killer. Um, <gasps> oh, it's not really a spoiler alert. You know, all the, you're rooting for him for most of the show. Um, <laughs> uh, and then obviously uh, there's Awado 808, which is a hardcore kind of like cyberpunk anime where you've got some criminals who are... You know, to get their ta- to get their um their sentences reduced, are working for a sanctioned government operation to deal with uh to deal with like cybercrime. Oh so, yeah, yeah. Strike Force Zero of, uses that exact uh, plot yeah. point, that exact idea. And uh, one of the characters, like also within Awado Eight Hundred Eight, like in the first episode, I'm gonna you know, there's no spoiler. The anime's so freaking old, right? In the first ep- in the first of three so they're very short anime episodes are about 45 minutes to an hour and the first one they're dealing with a guy who died and uh linked himself up to the computer systems in this building that he helped design and so he's effectively a ghost in the machine literally a ghost right so you've got that so you've got ghosts and machines and ai that's in the first one in the second one 
the guy, one of the team is is fighting a cybernetic, uh, you know, cybernetic warrior, cybernetic um, contraption, uh, and it is not just a robot. It's not just a cyborg, but it's got psychic powers, of course, like it like it always does. And then in the third one, you've got you're you're up, you've got vampires. You've literally just got fucking vampires in this cyberpunk setting. So, you know, Away to 808 is pretty much your go-to point for all of this. Uh, and the other one which fits with kind of the some of the elements is Wicked City, which is, you know, as an upfront warning, is like pretty hardcore classic anime with elements of violence and like tentacle crap and all that kind of stuff. So if you like your anime to be like that, then yeah, you're in, in for a great time. But you have this idea of the Black Guard, who are this mortal organization that are trying to keep the, um, to stop uh, rebellious demons that are coming over from uh, the, I think it's called the Shadow World or something like that. Um, it's quite funny because in the opening, the opening um, blurb, the narrator talks about, he goes, it's a whole world of darkness out there. And I was like, hey, it's the world of darkness in Japan. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but those are the animes on the cat, um, for reference for Strike Force Zero. I think something interesting to talk about is that, you know, as this, this is obviously like kind of a anime and cyberpunk inspired uh, source book, they wanted to put in cyberware and, you know, wetware and that sort of stuff. So these body implants and modifications. So, I don't know, Jake, you're kind of a resident uh, mage expert. Do you feel like the explanations they have in here with uh, uh, cyberware using chi energy, do you think that fits the paradigm of mage? Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not really sold on it. It really depends on what mage paradigm you're talking about. Um, while the technocrats obviously have... Uh cybernetic and uh, genetic enhancements they generally don't say that they're powered by a mystical life force uh but they also note that you know the human body can only take so much and remain human which is kind of ableist but you know that was that was the the line at the time yeah not really however on the other hand uh the aforementioned dragons of the east points out that you know because we're in the the magical orient <sighs> The uh, the tech the technocracy itself is different. They have the five elemental dragons, which are technocrats, but also we still believe in some mystic stuff. Like for instance, chi. So if you want to uh, go ahead and go whole hog into the uh, the year of the lotus supplements, yes, the five uh, dragons would uh, would definitely allow for this type of paradigm. All right. I mean, I guess if I guess if the writers of Mage the Ascension said it was okay, then it's totally okay. They made a special dispensation for the entire continent of Asia to make it okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man, ah, uh, uh, the nineties. It was a wild time. So I guess that bring, brings us to the the main question: is like, I think I would enjoy running a strike force zero game as in uh i think or you know as we've already discussed like using the sheet but i think within you have to set them very much within the context of their settings i 
I don't see it feels very weird using these within the entire World of Darkness setting like Strike Force Zero teaming up with other technocratic agents and teaming up with uh, I don't know say members of some other agency from the US it would be very weird and I think my problem with the weirdness comes back to what Chico's point out is that you know the world of darkness at this time seems to be treating Asia as some secret special other thing because it's just because it's Asia and it's just a bit weird and if slightly kind of again comes back to this whole Asians are magical different people kind of thing and it just comes off as as quite racist kind of um so yeah I, I think it's very good to if you want to emulate anime horror uh but i think it has to be its own thing yeah i think you bring up a, a good point there chris it seems really strange as a how should i put this the world of darkness itself is supposed to be the real world but has this like undercurrent this underlayer of magic and horror and books like demon hunter x and a lot of uh, Kindred of the East kind of material uh, really brings that to the forefront in a way that's inconsistent with a lot of other World of Darkness material. So I would not use Human Hunter X as a World of Darkness game. However, I do think it's actually really cool, as we mentioned, for emulating a lot of different anime and has some really rad options in there. It seems like they actually playtested this book a bit, which is, you know, pretty rare for some of these, uh, these little hundred page source books. So if I wanted to emulate an anime, you know, as I mentioned, Ronin Warriors, um, if I wanted to emulate a, a uh, kind of a cyberpunk game, I've got these rules right here with a system that I'm familiar with, and I can take that and run and just kind of tell my players like, hey, we're kind of doing like a uh, ghost in the shell kind of thing. So, I mean, I guess, I guess the main question as well is, uh, Chig, would you play Demon Hunter X? Honestly, no, I don't think I would. Wow. Sorry. Wow. I'm going to have to give this one a pass, you guys. Even even after I gave you that whole, that whole you know, like, like you can just cop out. You can just say this is an anime RPG. You wouldn't do it. If I want to play, you know, techno uh, warriors fighting against ancient evils, there, there are games that are designed for that from the ground up. And uh, this is just not that. Also, it's a little racist. <laughs> Just yeah, a, little little bit, bit. a little bit, a little bit, just a smidge. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe the uh, character creation episode will will open my eyes to the potential. But I, I don't think, think I think what's interesting is that the Year of the Lotus books and and things like you know this in particular, and the way how they try to explain why you know why Strike Force Zero is allowed to have cyber cyber you know, cybernetics and wetware and stuff, which was all very too sci-fi. Uh, and the argument is, because Japan has a different view on technology, it really, as much as Mage is very fun with the idea of you define what reality is with your paradigm, with the idea of consensual reality, <sighs> the whole problem with the world is because of consensual reality. The whole problem with with with, oh, these people are super special because of this, and they're super special because of this, is because consensual reality, that whole framework of consensual reality goes, if you believe it enough, then you're super special, or they get special abilities because they're these people. 
it's like well aren't we all just fucking humans really at the end of the day and monsters are the other thing it just uh yeah blame i i'm happy just blame mage for everything at this point um mage the ascension for everything for why this book is a problem the problem isn't that mage the ascension is racist no the problem is that the people who wrote mage the ascension were all and i'm using a, a broad generalization here when i say all we're all a bunch of white guys yeah who in an attempt to seem more worldly perhaps than they actually were at the time things have changed i'm sure decided to other certain groups which is why in all of the year of the lotus supplements you have the the magical east where it is a different place and they do things different from us and are they inherently better than us? Well, yes, at some things, but also look at these pictures that we have in here of people working in rice paddies. Look, you're better off than that poor peasant, but that's also racist. <laughs> that is very much a racist thing. Mm. Oh, well, they're better at some things because they still, you know, they still cling to their traditional views and therefore, yeah. you know, they have things like chi and magic or are part of their daily lives well that's really racist you guys <laughs> like chris said they're still people just like you and me and then you go to the other end of the uh of the extreme where you have um the Taftani book where they say well because reality is consensual uh for a while because of the just ongoing crazy amounts of war and destruction that we that have uh, taken place in this particular part of the world which is shockingly the the middle east uh where the Taftani are, are based well for a while there the paradigm the 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 consensual reality was just anything destructive is cool so you can you can set off a nuke that's fine you can throw a fireball that's cool you can have you know you can summon you know horrible demonic entities as long as they're there to to break shit that's cool that's all consensual reality there's no paradox for any of that but if you try to i don't know build a school or grow some wheat. Oh no, no, we're going to strike that down. That's that's paradoxical because the paradigm here is destructive. It's not technocratic, it's not traditional. It's blow shit up us. That is in a mage book. That is a thing that exists. Ooh. So yeah, it the writers needed to uh perhaps experience more than uh, the Atlanta suburbs. And on that note, <laughs> that's my rant. And that's why I don't think I'm going to play Demon Hunter X. Well, this episode went uh, way different direction than I expected, but cool. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> uh, I guess, should we just wrap this up on that? Yes. On that note, we will, <laughs> we will, if people want to get in contact with us and tell us why we're wrong or right about our views on Demon Hunter X, I guess they can get in contact us with us via numerous means, can't they, Mike? We, uh, of course, are Dark Days Radio. You can uh, check out all of our episodes, our long backlog, uh, going beyond 10 years, over 10 years of stuff, over at darker-days.org. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash darkerdaysradio, at darkerdaysradio on Twitter. We have a Discord, which we will uh, link in the show notes. You can join that and uh, talk about all the secret frequencies and all that good stuff. We also have our WordPress, which we will, uh, of course, link quite heavily in the uh, show notes of this episode. You can also just find that on Google. Just search for Darker Days Radio WordPress. And we're on Instagram and tons of other stuff. We have an email. 
darkadaysradio at gmail.com. And that's about it. Chris, thank you for, uh, you know, encouraging us to uh, take a look at Demon Hunter X. <laughs> Definitely a, uh, no an problem. interesting book. A little, little divisive here, but I, I completely understand and respect Chig's, uh, Chig's criticisms of this book. They're all very well-founded. And uh, yeah, I can't wait for the next episode where we do a little character creation and see if we can, you know, dig into this book a little bit more and talk about the rules. I think with that, thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chig. And to all the listeners out there, good night. This has been an episode of Darker Days Radio. Special thanks to Occam's Laser for the intro, outro, and new bumper music from their hit album, Nine Circles. Check out the rest of their work at occamslaser.bandcamp.com. <laughs>